This is episode six of the Smile Revolution podcast. One of the things that I find fascinating about dental hygiene is that it, because it's based in science, it's always changing. And certainly as I look back over my career, um, I mean, you can take something as, as fundamental as periodontitis and, you know, how the understanding or the science that existed when I graduated from dental hygiene school looks very different from the science that we know now. Um, relative to that. So for me, it's that there's always new information um, because we're based in science. It's constantly changing. So the advice that I would say, you know, to anyone is you need to stay current in that role. And I believe we're in a wonderful place today. Hello, and thank you for downloading Small Revolution in association with Dense Plicerona a podcast dedicated to oral health promotion, supporting career development for dental hygienists and dental therapists. I'm Victoria Wilson, a dental therapist, and I am so excited to bring to you poignant conversations with dental professionals who have made an impact on my career. And thanks to their transparency, we will endeavor to learn more about the choices they have made and the impact this has had professionally and personally. Through listening to the Smile Revolution podcast, I hope you gain inspiration and ideas for furthering your career path, supporting oral health promotion and enhancing smiles across the world. I am delighted to introduce our sponsor, Dense Blycerona who are committed to providing clinically proven and innovative solutions, continuing professional education and patient self-care support to help promote a lifetime of oral health around the world. Find out more at densplicerona.com forward slash revolution. Today's guest is Gail Malone a dental hygienist from Philadelphia in the USA. I have invited her onto the show for the reason Gail is a global figure within our profession and engages with hygienists from all around the world. I personally have had the fortune of learning so much from Gail over the past years. Gail started her career in dentistry at age 17 as a dental assistant, soon moving on to qualifying as a dental hygienist and completing her bachelor's degree a short time later. She worked clinically for 10 years, she has been a tutor and been involved in the business management of dental practices as an employee and owned her own business. And now she currently holds the position of Director of Clinical Affairs for Dense Plicerona Preventative. On today's show, Gail talks us through her career and the importance of keeping an open mind throughout a career and how the fundamental soft skills learned in dental hygiene school can carry us into environments with broader opportunities for dental hygienists. This podcast is for all dental hygienists and dental therapists who wish to gain a greater insight into how you can impact oral health globally from a position working within industry. You are guaranteed to gain so much from listening to Gail on this podcast. 
So here I am in Tunbridge Wells in the UK and I have Gail Malone on Messenger now. We've had a few technical um, hiccups, but we've managed to <laughs> connect, which has been brilliant. And Gail is in Philadelphia. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the Smile Revolution podcast, Gail. I am so grateful. Oh, it's my pleasure, Victoria. Always enjoy talking with you. Oh, well, I, it, it really is such an honour to have you on the show. And I remember when we first met in Switzerland in yes. 2016 at That's the ISDH conference. We met in the House of Delegates meeting first in Leuven, which was just beautiful. Wasn't it? Absolutely. Just a beautiful, beautiful city. Amazing. And I probably shouldn't say this on um, a, a podcast for dental hygienists, but till this very day, I remember the chocolate there. <laughs> <laughs> there's no better chocolate. I, mean, I really don't think there's anything that can compare. And, and then going to obviously Baal, I want to always call it Basel, but it's Baal, where we had the ISDH meeting. And I will never forget your contribution to that. It's how so many people around the world are so grateful for your support from your role within Dent Supply Serona and what you do for dental hygienists. So thank you. Thank you for talking to me today and allowing other hygienists and therapists around the world to, to hear us have a conversation about your incredible career. Here. So, oh, well, thank you. just from speaking to Gail just a few minutes ago, I understand Gail has been, well, she was first exposed to dentistry at the age of 17. <laughs> and Gail, what would you say has been the most memorable moment in your career to date? Mm -hmm. You know, that's a that's a tough question. Um, but actually, I think you have um, already alluded to it. And I'm very proud of what we were able to do through the Dense by Serona sponsorship for the social responsibility program um, and coordinating that with my organization and being able to speak to that at the uh, symposium meeting in Switzerland. That that to me will always remain one of my um, it's one of my proudest moments. That's amazing. And I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> and I have to say, say, I still have goosebumps around this project of social responsibility, what has come out through the IFDH yes. and what it's doing for the public and allowing us as the profession to initiate projects to reach the, those who really need our services around the world. So thank you. It's Oh, well, thank you. It, it really does. It, it, you know, it touches your heart. I think as dental hygienists, all of us have that spirit of just wanting to help people. And um, when you can do that in environments where you know it's, um, you know, truly a, a need, um, where they may not have exposure um, to just understanding 
the basics of, uh, of good oral hygiene. So yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful program. And I just enjoy the follow-up that we hear about the projects and all of the exciting things that are going on in different parts of the world and looking forward to the meeting in Australia, which is coming up this summer. Very soon in, (laughs) yeah, in not so long at all. My goodness, I cannot believe where the last years have gone since the last ISDH meeting in 2016. So how did you, just since we're speaking about the social responsibility program that evolved, how did you initially come into contact with this? Ah, that's um, through my friend and colleague, Dr. Joanne Gerenlian. Um, when I completed my bachelor's degree, uh, Joanne was the program director at Thomas Jefferson University. And even prior to that, um, she and I had engaged because she was delivering continuing education courses um, in the area where I lived. And I can remember vividly, and I've shared this with Joanne on several occasions, that I attended one of her courses. She lectured on oral pathology, a topic that I know is near and dear to her heart. And I sat in that room and I said to myself, that's what I want to be, or that's what I want to do. So there was kind of that moment, that's what inspired me to um, complete my bachelor's degree in dental hygiene. And then, as I said, when I went back to Thomas Jefferson University to do that, she was the program director and, um, you know, we've stayed in, in touch all of these years. And she reached out to me and uh, invited uh, myself and another colleague from Densply Serona to meet with, I believe at that time, it was the um, the executive board of the um, IFDH. And trying to remember, I think it was in London as part of one of the Europerio meetings. And that's when uh, the idea was presented. And as much as I love the idea, I knew that um, in terms of financial support, it wasn't something that I was going to be able to manage on my own, meaning just within my department. So there was, it was really a collaborative effort. Um, I went back to the organization and met with some of the other leaders in our group and said, I think this is a really important program. And I think this is something that Densify Serona should be involved with, and we want to put our shoulder behind it. So um that's why I say I'm, I'm very proud of being able to accomplish that and uh, to do it, it. Working with Joanne was also something that was very special. Well, Joanne is such a remarkable lady. Again, I had Absolutely. the privilege of meeting her in, in Switzerland. And wow, such an accomplished hygienist. And I think you've also just, you know, highlighted as well the value of of staying in touch with colleagues on a personal level, you know, throughout our our career in what mm-hmm. we do and and people that we have the fortune of meeting from all around the world and and doors opening through these wonderful friendships that evolve as well and exactly. you know which furthers the profession forward and I like to say and I I feel I've got some great friends in our profession all around the world and absolutely and and you're absolutely right about that the networking um within our professional um you know circles and organizations is just wonderful um being able to learn um and then also um you know just kind of grow collaboratively with our colleagues across the globe, I think is wonderful. 
And from being in dentistry, from the age of 17, when you were, if we're going back to the beginning. <laughs> yes, that is the beginning. <laughs> right to the beginning. Now, you've had, you know, such a diverse fascinating interesting career and and where you are today and this is particularly why it's so wonderful to have you on the show to share this with colleagues and it is so interesting so do you mind just sharing Gail where it started and how you are where you are today (laughs) well and as you say it it goes back kind of a long way. When I was 17 years old, um, my mother thought that I needed a job. And um, as usual, my mother was right. And uh, she had a friend who was working in a an office that shared space with a new young pediatric dentist. So I worked for him for a few hours after school um, every day of the week. And I did things like file charts and pull patient charts for the next day and empty the trash cans. And um, as summertime rolled around, the only other person in the office who worked with him uh, was his dental assistant and also the person who did all the scheduling and patient appointments and that sort of thing. She was pregnant and he needed somebody to cover her maternity leave. So he looked at me and said, would you work for me full time for the summer? Well, you know, that certainly beat out any other opportunities I had from a a job perspective. And um, that's really where it all started, Victoria. He really became a mentor for me. Um, He was very good at teaching me not only what we were doing, but why we were doing it. And um, that's what I loved. I had always enjoyed science as a student. So when it came time for me to graduate from high school and consider what I was going to do for the rest of my life, I thought that I would be a very good dental assistant. And uh, (laughs) he actually encouraged me to um, explore dental hygiene. And I did. And um, I enrolled at a local community college. And that's where I completed my first two years, my associate's degree, which is the entry level degree for uh, clinical dental hygiene practice here in the U.S. So I guess you could say I really owe it all to, um, his name was Dr. Mark Corbman. He's the man who, um, you know, encouraged me to explore dental hygiene. And it was something that um, has been a really good fit for me. So that was my entry into clinical practice. And I um, really enjoyed it. I worked in a variety of different settings here in the Philadelphia area for about 10 years. Um, I shared with you earlier, I attended a continuing education course that uh, Joanne Grenlian delivered and, um, you know, felt a desire that I wanted to expand and grow my career. So that's when I enrolled at Thomas Jefferson University and over the course of two years, uh, completed my bachelor's degree, did that all while I was managing my, you know, work schedule. Your the employer that I had. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was long before online education, Victoria. <laughs> so you had to be in class every day or at least three days a week. And um, I had, I was working in an office and um, at that point, my um, doctor that I was working for was very, very supportive in allowing me to adjust my work schedule to accommodate my class schedule as it changed every semester. And, um, you know, when I graduated, then I joined the faculty at Thomas Jefferson as an adjunct faculty. And um, it's kind of where I started in my um, growth, I guess you could say, outside of the clinical environment. 
but still, you know, expanding on that teaching role. Yeah. And, and I, I know you were saying earlier, um, you know, you then you then moved into the business side of things. And, you know, how, because as a dental hygienist, therapist, we, we do love our clinical. Yet yes. we, we gain so much of a, you know, a broader insight into the profession of dentistry through our roles. Yet there's always that undiscovered territory if you've not stepped out of the realm of clinical where I know colleagues that I've spoken to how I felt at the time it's a bit daunting sometimes to think Mm. oh can I do it it's not what I know (laughs) so moving slightly away from clinical which I'd like to speak about with you now into the business side of things how did you feel that at the time you know with an opportunity to explore a newer territory, what what tips would you give to any hygienist listening on on maybe how to explore that or, you know, what you learned from it? Sure. Well, I, I can share with you what I learned from it and maybe um, a little bit of background as to what led me in that direction. Um, I mentioned the doctor that I was working for Um, at the time I completed my degree was very, very supportive of, you know, me expanding and growing in my education role. Um, He was also someone who invested in us as a team in terms of working together and helping us to understand the business side of dentistry. So we were always going to courses um, and, and learning more about how to you know, be better clinically, but also um, be better in in managing and working together as a team. So I had an interest in that area. And um, you've heard me say this before, but I'm a true believer that one opportunity leads to another and that when doors close, windows open. So when I saw that, you know, things were changing in the academic environment where I was um, and I began searching for something else. Um, I saw this opportunity and, you know, it was something that was of interest to me. Um, It's a little scary at first. It's um, I've described it as to someone as when you move away from your clinical practice, um, it's almost like you jump overboard on the ship, (laughs) but you know that you can always throw the life preserver to you and you could always go back to clinical practice. (laughs) I guess that's a great way of looking at it, right? You can always yeah, go in, in my mind, that's what it was. Um, you know, hey, this is going to be fun and I like what I'm doing. Um, but, you know, clinical practice is always there and I'm very good at that. So, um, yeah, my life preserver was there. And then I think as I, you know, go through my career, my clinical practice these days is very limited um, simply because of my schedule. So I guess now I'm a little further away from the ship. Um, and they'd have to throw the life preserver a little bit further, but um, you know, it's still a fun, fun day to do uh, to treat patients, and and that's still near and dear to my heart. Yeah, and do you know one common thing that I notice when I'm speaking to leaders in your in our profession, like yourself, that people seem to share is that they have had that fortune of working with a very supportive clinician as you were referring to your mm-hmm. your dentist and you know who encouraged from what you were saying um, you attending courses investing in your education and your own Absolutely. development I mean 
I, there are lots of people that have the fortune of working with such supportive individuals. But equally, we do hear colleagues that, you know, maybe aren't so fulfilled in their role, aren't so ignited and empowered by their role as a dental hygienist. Um, and I feel fortunate that I have been supported by really supportive colleagues um, mm-hmm. that have helped guide me in my role f- to always feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give for somebody who has really, really, you know, had such a, a superb career within the profession and who has achieved mm-hmm. so much, you know, for colleagues maybe that are in that in that stage now, maybe needing that supportive clinician, what advice would you give to them? Mm-hmm. That's a great question, Victoria. And I think there's, there's many, many answers to that. Certainly today with um, social media and other ways of staying connected, um, it's very easy to engage with like-minded individuals that, um, as you say, we can support each other and we can encourage each other. Um, and certainly information today, um, whether it's scientific information about the profession or whether it's information you know, from a team building aspect or working together, it's, it's anywhere. You can find it in so many different formats. Uh, with electronic media um, on the internet. So I find it to be much easier to stay kind of um, on the edge or on the cutting edge of the profession and and knowing what's new. And I I think that's a a personal and a professional responsibility that we all need to do as part of our profession. But what I would say to you uh, in response to the question is, yeah, to build those networks, surround yourself with positive people um, people who can be encouraging, people who that you can learn from. And I think we can all learn from each other. We all have something, um, you know, that we can offer. But it's that support system and building each other up that um, really allows us to to feel that sense of fulfillment. And sometimes it's just the little things that that mean the world, isn't it? Um, you know, where you, you get a thank you note or an email from someone that says, you know, I really appreciated what you did for me. I really appreciated what you um did to help me out and and that's the kind of encouragement we need to be giving to all of our colleagues yeah no absolutely yeah. and something so small can mean so much and absolutely and you said earlier as well that um the initial dentist you work with you worked with always uh-huh. taught you you know what you were doing and why you were doing that yes you know through your career your 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 span of your career do you have those key things within certain people that you remember that you feel that's fed your profession and your growth forward that have always stuck with you um yes I mean it's certainly they're within in the profession um it, it's many of the colleagues that I work with and and not just within um my group of, of clinical affairs. I mean, certainly within the organization, we have strong leaders in that role. Um, Dr. Terry Dolan, who is the vice president of clinical affairs uh, for Densify Serona has been um, you know, very, very supportive. So um, I would say she would be one of the people that I would put in that category, but also the colleagues that I've worked with over the years, not only at Densify Serona, but within the dental community. 
Um, I think one thing that's unique about our industry is that it's a relatively small um, industry. And many times, um, you know, someone that you used to work with in this environment is now in a different environment, but, you know, we can, we can learn through all of that. So um, I think that circle of colleagues is, is very important in that support system. Um, educators, I'm very involved with um, working with dental hygiene educators um, here in the United States and in other parts of the world. And I think they provide some really interesting um, insights as to what's happening, you know, how education is being looked at and what's happening in our dental hygiene schools. And that's really, you know, in many ways, the future of our profession. And then um, I'll be honest with, with you, Victoria, certainly the biggest um, support in my career um, has been my husband because he's the one that's always there, you know, cheering for me um, and, um, you know, helping to support what it is that I do. That's wonderful. Charlotte Sayal, Clinical Affairs Manager for the East Region at Densply Serona. So, You've spent all that time and money investing in a shiny new piece of equipment, but isn't it so often the case that regular maintenance becomes an afterthought? At Densply Serona, we know this can impact procedure efficiency, patient comfort, and even your bottom line. This is why we offer a free 23-point health check on your Cavitron ultrasonic scaling units. To book your free Cavitron health check, please visit www.densplicerona.com forward slash check. And something I often go back to it, and you've just highlighted perfectly, it is that work-life balance. You know, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> our personal life does obviously contribute hugely to our fulfillment and our, you know, our career and our happiness within our career. And Yes, absolutely. It's a balance through as, mu- as, as many contributing factors that contribute to us, really, yes. that allows us to, you know, move forward. So, yes. so Gail, after you um, entered the realm of business and how, since it was a new territory for you at the time, how mm-hmm. did you um, go on about fulfilling that role? Were you supported um, through training within that new role? Or what advice would you give to anybody wishing to maybe expand into this um, realm of, you know, of the dental, of dental hygiene? Yes. Yeah, so certain, certainly when I was doing, um, you know, business development for dental practices, I um, I worked with an organization and there were some very strong leaders within that group. So the training was wonderful. Um, it was eye-opening, but to this day, there are many times where I look back on things that I learned there and they're still applicable, um, you know, as you as you look at the, the landscape and, and understand the business of dentistry. So, you know, the advice that I would give to someone is, um, you know, always look at things from a very broad perspective and try not to limit your focus. Um, dental hygiene can be a very limiting focus unless you look at it from the broader perspective. Um, so for me, um, you know, looking at that business side helped me, I think, to be 
a better clinician because I was understanding not only the clinical side, but also um, the business side. And in each of those uh, situations or in that particular situation, it gave me an opportunity to work with dental practices um, in different areas of the, the Northeastern United States. So that gives you some visibility um, in terms of how things may be done a little bit differently, but you're all kind of ending up at the same place. So um, a lot of learnings through that as well. It, it just expands um, your knowledge base as part of that. Yeah. And you then you were working with with the first entity for how long again? Um, that was actually a, a few years and um, about two years. And then I had started my own um, separate business, a consulting business. And it was while I was in that role that um, I crossed paths with someone who worked for one of the large dental distributors here in the United States. And um, the organization was looking for people who had experience in business development for dental practices. So I um, applied and was hired by that dental distributor uh, to be a part of this developing program. And I started working for them part-time and that evolved into a more full-time role. So we did dental business management, uh, practice development is what it was called, um, for the customers of the dental distributor. Um, I worked in, in that organization for about 10 years in a, a couple of different roles. Um, I moved from the, the practice management consultant to a manager's position, so I managed a team. Um, that I worked with in that role. And then I had the opportunity to work with the um, designers, the dental office designers and yeah. um, helped. Yeah, that was, that was really, really um, interesting and a, a really interesting journey in a number of ways. That's actually um, where I ended up meeting my husband who was a, <laughs> a dental office designer. So wow. we're, we're a dental family. We have lots of dental conversations in my house, Victoria. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I learned about, um, you know, a lot of things I had no knowledge of about things that are important in designing dental offices. I learned about the, the capital equipment, the chairs and the cabinetry and the compressors and all of that sort of thing. And then my last role within that organization was as the director of training and education. So I had an opportunity to work uh, to provide training, not only internally to the organization. So I did customer service training, um, did some other types of um, coaching, uh, training for coaching. Um, but I also had the opportunity to train the new um, field reps that were hired on the clinical side of dentistry. So as a clinician, I was, you know, able to provide them things like, you know, dental anatomy 101, if you will, um, because most of our um, hires did not have a dental background. Right. So we needed to provide that information to them. And then I worked closely with manufacturing partners uh, to coordinate them to come in and talk about their products so that they would have an understanding of, you know, the background of not only what the product is, but how it's used. And and what procedures it's used. So um, it was a great opportunity. And um, as I said, you know, you, you learn from one thing and it takes you to the next one, but you just kind of build along the way. And that's what I find so fascinating. And it's been highlighted in other podcasts, you know, about our skills as hygienists, you know, yes. 
communication skills are something oh, yeah. that you know stands out and is highlighted again and again because who would expect maybe I don't know um Gail looking back 10 years ago often people say where do you see yourself in 10 years it's not possible to necessarily predict, you know, who you may have been training or being involved in dental design. And, and, and that's what, you know, you've also said is like always keeping an open mind and one thing can lead to another. And you essentially have been expanding our roles through your, Mm -hmm. your role and being so Mm -hmm. open minded and, and discovering maybe undiscovered territory that maybe other hygienists haven't explored or gone into. And mm-hmm. that is what's so interesting about you. And yes, it's so uh, inspirational you, for thank other you. colleagues because yeah. so much is possible within our role and where we can push things. And essentially, going back to social responsibility, limits we don't have really any limits Mm -hmm. in in what we can do and how we can impact oral health through our role and how you have essentially demonstrated you know through you know your role but it's it's fascinating yeah I think that one of the things that you just said there Victoria really resonated with me and that is you know as part of your dental hygiene education the communication skills that you're taught how to communicate with that patient, um, you know, how to motivate people, um, how to, you know, be empathetic and, and all of those things. Those are fundamental skills that you carry with you in other environments and you can hone them and fine tune them. But I, I can honestly say that those skills that I learned as part of my early education and, you know, developing rapport with people and relationships, the the soft skills, if you will, um, to me, that provided a wonderful, wonderful foundation for all of these other roles that, you know, eventually were opportunities for me and I was able to move through. So I agree with you 100%. I think, you know, many times we overlook those uh, fundamental skills and overlook the importance of of what they are and how they can, you know, carry through into um, broader scopes for, for dental hygienists. Yeah. And, and how we can impact the public. Absolutely. You know, essentially, Absolutely. which then now moving on to your role today. Yes. Essentially move, going back to the beginning of this podcast, the proudest moment in your career you know, has been in your position today and one door and opens or one path <laughs> opens to another and, you know. Yes. How did how did your role being... Director of Clinical Affairs for Dent Splicerona Preventative. How did you get to that point today? Because I know you began with them. Um, yes. So my, the role that I started uh, with was a, a clinical educator, and it was for the northeastern part of the United States. And in that role, my primary responsibilities focused on working closely with the faculty of the dental hygiene schools to provide educational support for some of the products, the Densify Serona products that were being used at the school. So um that I will say, tell you to this day is one of the aspects of the job that I truly enjoy. I love working with students and to be able to um, 
you know, help them to understand not only what they're doing, but why they're doing it and the best ways to do it. And you've heard educators say this um, over and over again, you know, when you see that light bulb go off or when you can really help someone. Yeah. It's that aha moment. Like it really makes sense. They've connected the dots as we say. Um, that's really where the, the fulfillment um, is for me. So um, in that role, I was also working with practicing clinicians, uh, providing continuing education courses and you know, helping people to stay abreast of the, the newest knowledge and the science um, as to what was happening in, in, the, in the world of dental hygiene. And then um, I love that role. And there are some times where I still have opportunities to work with students. Um, I, I tell everyone I want to keep my hand in. So I have a couple of schools here local to the Philadelphia area that I still support um, from a clinical education standpoint. Um, and I have had so been, I've had the fortune of being one of your <laughs> students through USTI, which is wonderful. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, and then, you know, um, again, opportunities present themselves. So there were some changes within the organization and um, I was approached about moving into more of a manager's role, which um, for one year, I actually kind of did a combination. So I was still in the field, but then um, working in the manager's role. Um, and then, you know, as time goes on, uh, things expanded more on the management side and then I worked through the position of senior manager and last year was moved into the director of clinical affairs for the preventive business of Densply Serona. And that those are all of the products that, you know, are typically used by the hygienists. So um, I think it's a wonderful fit. The team that I work with is fabulous. Um, everyone on my team is a clinical dental hygienist. They have a wealth of experience in uh, different areas. And, you know, I think we're pretty dynamic as a group. And what you mentioned earlier about being able to influence and impact people um, relative to oral health, um, I feel that in my role, we're able to do that. And uh, fortunately, you know, I have a global perspective on it now. We work with clinicians across the world. And that to me is fascinating, um, yeah. you know, just to be able to come in contact with folks like yourself um, and to learn about um you know, how things may be done a little bit differently, but, you know, really at the core and, and at our heart, what we're all looking to do is how we can help individuals to um, improve their oral health status. So we're all moving in the same direction. We really are. And it's just amazing yeah. where, you, where you end up and what it does evolve. And what does your typical role, if you had to summarize it, uh, well, I do. maybe that's a bit of a tall order, Gail. I'm sorry, but, you know, for hygienists listening that are interested in, in following in, in your footsteps um, or, or, you know, creating their own leadership positions within the realm of dental hygiene yeah. for oral health promotion around the world. I mean, what does your role on, on a weekly or monthly or even annual basis in a in a in a nutshell what are your responsibilities in your current position yes so um it is a tall order <laughs> um you, you know i would say high, <laughs> <laughs> high level um you know my responsibilities are to align the or to create the clinical education strategies for our preventive business 
and then that aligns obviously with our with our business objectives. We are a, a corporation, so um, that's always part of the equation. So, you know, my my role has many facets to it. Um, we manage all of the development of all the curriculum that is then pushed out to the local country organizations to execute and deliver. So um, the majority of our work is done here in the U.S. market. But as you know, um, we also do work in uh, European markets and Asian markets and, and other areas across the world. So um, that's one of our primary focus areas. Um, my team and I also work very closely with our R&D and marketing teams on new project or new product development. So we become the clinical voice for those projects, which as you can understand is very important um, when you're developing products for clinical use. So, um, you know, there's, there's that whole side in that we're able to provide um, those insights from a, a clinical perspective as part of new product development. Um, we work also, um, you know, with our regulatory groups. We are a medical device company, so there's a lot of regulations that go along with that. So that becomes an, an aspect of what I do as well. Um, I will tell you, there's, you know, I'm I'm fortunate in some ways that there's quite a bit of travel that's involved, and sometimes that's good, and some days, you know, um, it can be a little challenging, but. Um, you know, that's what enables us to engage with colleagues around the world. We're also active in uh, working with um, our R&D groups for clinical research. So I have someone on our team who really works to organize that and to engage with researchers um, really around the world um, to support us in, in uh, research from a clinical perspective. So I've had the opportunity to just um, to meet and engage with you know, people that I've read about in the textbooks and I read their journal art, journal articles and kind of stand in all of. Um, we had a meeting in a few years back and Professor Damian Walmsley, whom I think you oh, know from yeah. Birmingham. <laughs> um, we were fortunate enough to have Professor Walmsley as a speaker at our event. And, you know, I, I went to him and I said, Damian, you're like a rock star to a dental hygienist. <laughs> and, you know, we all had our photo taken and... <laughs> Um, you know, to, but just to be able to engage with people like that who have been really monumental yeah. um, forces in, you know, providing the research and the science um, is just amazing to me and um, yeah. thrilled to be able to be in, in the company of, of people um, like Professor Walmsley and others that, that we engage with. Yeah. Oh, so it's yeah. such a fascinating, varied role. It is. You it's know. very varied. Um, you know, there's there's always something new. That's for sure, Victoria. Yeah. yeah. And did you ever imagine, Gail, that you would be in a position like <laughs> you are in today, 10, 20 years ago? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, I think back on that. And I really do, Victoria, because I, I don't know that in my wildest dreams, that's where I thought this is where I thought I would end up. Um, I'm very I feel very grateful to have been given you know the opportunities and I feel grateful and fortunate to work with wonderful people not only in this role but along the way because as I've said earlier each person um, that you come in contact with you know in some way um, inspires you or maybe doesn't inspire you <laughs> um, but you know moves you forward in some way or another so um, 
I don't know if you had asked me when I graduated from dental hygiene school, if this is where I saw myself, um, I would tell you, I don't think so, but I, I would think I would tell you that I was always looking for something, keeping my eyes open and, yeah. um, you know, looking to see what other opportunities there are. What advice um, would you give um, to hygienists that continue to wish to be inspired and invigorated as yourself within the profession to continue yeah. that inspiration and zest for dental hygiene? <laughs> well, um, to me, one I will tell you this, that one of the things that I find fascinating about dental hygiene is that it, because it's based in science, it's always changing. And certainly as I look back over my career, um, I mean, you can take something as, as fundamental as periodontitis and, you know, how the understanding or the science that existed when I graduated from dental hygiene school looks very different from the science that we know now um, relative to that. So for me, it's that there's always new information um, because we're based in science. It's constantly changing. So the advice that I would say, you know, to anyone is you need to stay current in that role. And I believe we're in a wonderful place today because that information is so easily accessible. Um, you know, whether it's online or you're getting it in a podcast or, you know, a, an online um, CE program, there's just so many avenues that exist that we can all take advantage of. Um, so that I find to be, if I'm learning, I'm, I'm feeling inspired and I think other people would feel the same way. And then the other thing which we talked about earlier is just surround yourself with really positive people um, who are like-minded. You know, there's a lot of people in this world who um, can break you down or, um, you know, be demotivators, if you will. But, you know, find others who are as passionate as you are about what you do and um, are like-minded and want to work towards the same goal and just surround yourself with those people. And, you know, just like it's the information is easier to access, I think we have the ability to do that um, through social media and other connections, whether we're connecting on Skype or Messenger or WhatsApp or what have you. It's so much easier to connect with people these days, um, but I think we need to take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Gail. It has been such a pleasure speaking to you and to gain a greater insight into your career path. And I'm, I'm sure listeners listening will be so inspired by your role and, and what you've gone into. Um, and thank you for sharing your words of wisdom as well. Um, I just want to end our podcast with the Smile Revolution Fire Round. Ah. Well, I'm going to ask you a few questions. If you had okay. a magic wand, what would you change in dental hygiene for the future? Oh, and you're not giving me any time to think about it, Victoria. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. <laughs> what would I change about dental hygiene for the future? I think the scope of practice. And, and I said the education needs to go along with that. So making sure that the education um, supports the scope of practice. I think dental hygienists are an underutilized resource. So, so maybe that's a better way to word it would be to have dental hygienists being able to um, practice in an environment that allows us to utilize the full scope of our education. 
Um, I know that there are environments where that is happening, um, but I also know that there are other environments where it's not. And I think that's what um, can cause people to come fresh, become frustrated and, and feel that sense of what you referred to earlier is not feeling a sense of being fulfilled in what it is that they're doing. So I think that would be my change, would be that um, we would all be in environments that would allow us as clinicians to practice to the full extent of our education. Yeah. What's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you in dentistry? Oh, my goodness. The funniest thing that's ever happened to me. So this is very, well, I don't know if it's funny, but um, very early in my career, this was the first practice that I worked in. I was maybe two to three maybe two years into clinical practice. And the patient um, came into the reception room and I called the name and this gentleman followed me back into the treatment room. And I, you know, just sat him down and got him all ready and put the napkin on and, you know, getting ready to start working on him. And I'm thinking to myself, this, this gentleman looks really familiar. And um, with that, the, the dentist pokes his head into my room and he says, Gail, he said, you have my patient. Um, as, it, <laughs> as it turned out, I don't know, the patient just misheard their name because I said some a different name and this one just followed me back and sat down in my chair. <laughs> and fortunately, it was before we had started any treatment, but we got it all worked out. I had seen the patient maybe two weeks before. Oh, and- <laughs> some restorative treatment and that's why he was in the doctor's schedule that day but I don't know so it all worked out and you know it was just kind of oh I have the wrong patient (laughs) oops no harm (laughs) and what is your mantra you know one opportunity will take you to another one so if you're in a situation Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. um you know maybe you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable we all need to push ourselves and we need to stretch and to grow and to do that we sometimes need to feel a little bit uncomfortable so um it's kind of maybe like no pain no gain (laughs) um and we all have to stretch ourselves a little bit at certain times but um those opportunities are what you know leads to other opportunities Gail thank you so so much I'm so grateful for your time. Gail, if anybody wishes to get in contact with you, if they email info at smile-revolution.net, are you happy for me to send on their emails um, if they have any questions? Oh, it would be my pleasure, Victoria. There's nothing more that I enjoy more is just engaging with dental hygiene professionals um, really across the world. And I'm more than happy to, um, to do that. So yes, absolutely. Thank you so, so much. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, I'm sure you will love our next guest. So click on subscribe to be the first to hear it. If you were inspired by the podcast today and you wish to launch an oral health promotional campaign or project, please let us know at Smile Revolution. As we are here for you leading dental professionals as your creative agency dedicated to making a success of every oral health promotional campaign and project. Book your free consultation today. Please email info at smile-revolution.net.